Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. ...of a dozen or 15 ladders varying from 30 to 90 feet in length. They are used in saving life and for carrying hose to upper stories of burning buildings. Each truck is amply provided with scaling ladders, lifelines, jumping nets, ropes, etc., and plenty of hooks, axes, and rams for tearing down walls and partitions, and to meet almost any contingency that may arise. It is a thrilling sight to watch one of these hook-and-ladder companies on its way to a fire. The horses, three abreast, are driven at full speed, and the huge truck with its crew of men on top of the pile of ladders seems certain to topple over, especially as it rounds a corner without for a moment slackening its speed. But it is skillfully guided by a helmsman at the rear, who by means of a brake and steering apparatus keeps perfect control of the truck. The waterfront and shipping are protected by swift fireboats stationed in the east and north rivers, manned by highly trained crews who live on board. Their furnace fires are always banked, and sufficient steam is kept up to enable them to respond instantly to a call. Their engines and pumping machinery are of the most powerful kind, enabling them to throw 12 ordinary streams of water at once. A new fireboat recently launched is about 125 feet long, built of steel throughout, with bulkheads and frames so arranged as to give the hull great stiffness to enable it to withstand the vibrations caused by its powerful machinery. The pilot house is protected by iron shutters with peepholes in them and movable screens made of two sheets of metal with an airspace between are arranged to travel along the rail of the vessel, thus affording adequate protection to the pilot and fireman from the heat of a great conflagration and enabling them to fight fire at very close quarters. The vessel is steered by steam, and the rudder can be thrown hard over in eight seconds, thus enabling the pilot to thread his way through the most crooked channels and dodge lubberly pilots of other vessels and the numerous craft that constantly ply the harbor. Her pumping capacity is enormous. A stream five inches in diameter can be thrown from one nozzle, besides streams four inches in diameter from three others at the same time. If the power of all the pumps is concentrated on the five-inch nozzle alone, a stream of solid water five inches in diameter can be thrown to a distance of 500 feet on a level. The efficiency of the fire department depends quite as much upon the effectiveness of the electric service by which the men and engines are called as upon the alacrity with which they respond. The central office of the fire alarm telegraph is on the sixth floor of the headquarters building, and the electric signal wires, making a total circuit of nearly 1,200 miles, run to and from it in every direction 
and from all over the city. At many of the street corners are electric fire alarm boxes, painted red, on red lamp posts surmounted with a red lantern that is lighted at night. There are nearly 1,200 of these electric fire alarm boxes distributed throughout the city. Most of them are accessible to the public at any hour of the day or night, while others are special boxes in hospitals, theaters, manufactories, etc. Anybody can ring a fire signal and summon the engines. It was believed at first that this system would be very unsafe and cause no end of trouble by inciting mischievous men and boys to sound false alarms. To overcome this, the inventor of the system arranged the box so that in order to open the door, a handle must be turned several times. The instant the hand is moved, a gong begins ringing at the box and keeps ringing very loudly for 20 seconds. Then the door opens and reveals a hook which must be pulled down to give the alarm. Now, no matter how much a man or boy may be bent upon mischief, he is not willing to stand for 20 seconds in front of a box while the loud gong is ringing and a light reveals his features to everyone whose attention would certainly be attracted by the noise. The scheme works perfectly. Nobody tampers with a fire alarm, nor is likely to when he remembers that he is liable to spend several months in prison in return for his fun. The signal box is placed so high on the post that the ordinary small boy cannot reach it to turn the handle. The instant the hook is pulled, the number of the alarm box is announced at the central office at headquarters, where several operators are on duty night and day, and is by them transmitted to the various engine houses. Everything is done in the operating room in a quiet way without the least confusion, and before the person who has sent the alarm has closed the door of the signal box, his call has been received at headquarters and from thence transmitted to every engine house in the city. The fireman's life is attended by constant peril. Most of the fires that occur are taken in hand so promptly that they do not get much headway, but occasionally there is a conflagration which causes widespread destruction and more or less danger to the firemen engaged in subduing it. There is danger from falling walls and roofs, danger of suffocation by smoke and by fumes from chemicals, danger of being surrounded by flames so that escape is impossible, danger of falling into scuttle holes on floors and in roofs, and other dangers which cannot be enumerated at the moment. The men perform their work cheerfully and pay so little heed to their surroundings that it is a wonder that so few of them suffer injury or death. The greatest zeal of the fireman is shown in his efforts to save life and the records of the department are full of thrilling incidents. On one occasion, a woman was seen hanging out of a third-story window. A fireman climbed up a post to the top of the awning, and standing on the sash of a second-story window, held on to the window blinds. At his direction, the woman dropped into his arms and was taken in safety to the street. During a fire in a tenement house on Baxter Street, a mother and her three children were rescued from the burning building by the intrepidity of a fireman, who climbed up a post to the top of the wooden roof built over the sidewalk, entered the second story therefrom, and groped his way, guided by faint cries, through the dense smoke. He found the frightened woman and two of her children crouched in a corner of a back room, and carried them one by one over the blazing roof to the ladder which had in the meantime been raised. The youngest child still remained in the building. The brave fireman, undeterred by fire and smoke, again entered it, and finding the little one, carried it safely to the street. 
the experienced fireman bravely and without the slightest hesitation penetrates burning buildings where tongues of flame hiss around him where fragments of falling timber are dropping about him and threatening death in a dreadful form and where at any moment the whole structure may go down in a crash from which he cannot escape by any human aid on the records of the department are many stories of the heroism of firemen under such circumstances some of them record the death of firemen who bravely sought to save the lives of others and so lost their own a record is kept at headquarters of all deeds of heroism performed by the men and they would fill a volume in eighteen sixty nine james gordon bennett the founder of the new york herald sent a check for fifteen hundred dollars for a medal of honor to be awarded to the most meritorious member of the department every year the commissioners spent five hundred dollars for a design and die for the medal and the remainder was put at interest yielding a sufficient amount annually to pay for the medal at the end of each year the commissioners select the recipient of the medal from the roll of merit and the presentation is made a public ceremony at which the mayor and other officials are present it is needless to say that every fireman in the service of the city hopes to win the medal before his term of service is ended and whoever obtains it regards it with as much pride as the soldier of the british army regards the victoria cross that he has won by personal bravery on the battlefield in eighteen sixty seven john stevenson presented the department with two hundred and fifty dollars to be used in the discretion of the board for the benefit of the department by careful investment this sum has been steadily increased until now it amounts to six hundred dollars for the purpose of inciting the company commanders to the attainment of the highest standard of discipline and efficiency the commissioners determine to annually present to the captain who shall be judged the most deserving a handsome gold medal to be known as the stevenson medal this presentation is also public and is made immediately after the presentation of the bennett medal End of chapter 27